So I want to thank all of you for being here today. Uh, thank the folks that uh, provided us with the food. It's always so good to come here and have a free meal, a free lunch, and those ladies, those kind ladies, prepared that for us. So let's make sure to thank them. We'll go ahead and open up in a word of prayer and ask God to bless our time together as we prepare our hearts to worship through a study of His Word. Father, thank you. Thank you for this day, for all the many blessings that you pour on our lives. There's so many blessings that we can't even uh, conceive of. Some things we don't even know and see, but you are a good God and love us very much. And you've sent your son to save us. You've helped so many of us out of um, terrible situations in our lives. And you've forgiven us and loved us and regenerated us and gave us the hope of eternity. And so, Lord, I pray for every person in this room because there are certainly those of us here who are struggling. And we definitely need your guidance, your wisdom, <clears throat> your truth, uh, and we need your help. And so please be with us today um, as we seek to honor you uh, by opening up your word and studying your word. And my prayer is that everyone here will, will grow in their knowledge and, and love of you and that you will give us all hearts and minds uh, that are willing and desirous to hear your truth and, and receive your truth and believe that truth and walk in that truth. Um, we definitely want to lift up um, Pastor Ron Parrish to you, who is in critical condition in the ICU. Um, Lord, please have your hands on him. If it be your will, please heal him. Um, be with his family as they all struggle through this. <clears throat> we also want to pray for Michael, and he has just finished having his bypass surgery. Um, pray that his heart is healthy and that um, the nurses and the doctors will have the wisdom and, and ability to help him to get better soon. And so he's in your hands, and there's no better place he can be. So now we come to your word, and we thank you so much for it. Your word is truth. Sanctify us in that truth. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So last time we were together, um, if for those of you who are new to our class, we're doing a study called The Life of Christ. And it's a life of Christ through a harmony of the Gospels. And so what we're doing is we're going through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we're taking the stories out of all of those and putting them in chronological order. And we're studying the life of Christ from the time of His conception, right, until His birth. And then He walked the earth uh, for 33 and a half years, nailed to the cross, buried in a grave. Three days later, He arose from the dead, and He ascended into heaven. And that ascension into heaven ends His earthly ministry, His first advent, His first coming. And so when you read the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that's the story you get. You get the story of his life. You get the story of him discipling and teaching his apostles. Then the rest of the New Testament is his apostles writing about uh, him and about his kingdom and, and, and whatnot. So <clears throat> we are in the book of Mark. We're going to be in the book of Mark today. Just a real quick rehearsal of what we had been talking about last week. We talked about blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And we talked about how now that Jesus has ascended into heaven and is sitting at the right hand of the Father, the Father and Son have sent the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to the earth. And the Holy Spirit is now working in the lives of all, of all human beings. He is either softening the hearts of those who believe or hardening the hearts of those who reject Him. And so the Holy Spirit is now down here finishing up, sweeping up, doing the work that Je the work that Jesus started on the cross, the Holy Spirit is now accomplishing through regeneration. And so the way that that works is you hear the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit uh, opens your ears and your life to those truths, 
And through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the power of God's promise, salvation and eternal life comes to the believer. And so we had been talking about how Jesus had been going around doing miracles and he had been teaching and people were following him and there was two groups of people. There was one group of people that received him and believed him and then there was another group of people who uh, rejected him and didn't want anything to do with him. So what we're going to start today is something that we really haven't talked about a whole lot. Um, we're going to be uh, going into some of Jesus' parabolic teaching. Now that sounds like a big fancy word, but it's really not. Uh, the word parable parable, is one of the meth- methods that Jesus used to teach a parable. And so what is a parable? A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. All right. When Jesus teaches parabolically, what he's doing is he's telling stories about things here on the earth, about money and sheep and and uh, trees and all kind of things that we can relate to as human beings. And he tells us stories involving those characters, but they have a deeper meaning to them. <clears throat> I'll give you a secular example of what I mean by parabolic teaching. Um, all of you at some time in your life were told a story about these three little pigs and a big bad wolf that wanted to eat the three little pigs. And so what did he do? He huffed and he puffed and he blowed the house down, remember? And the little pig whose house was made out of straw ran to his older brother's house made out of sticks. And he huffed and he puffed and he blowed that house down. And then the two little brothers ran to their older brother's house and his house was made out of bricks. That's right. And they all got inside the house. And the big bad wolf came and huffed and puffed, but he couldn't blow the house down. So what did he do? <clears throat> he climbed in the chimney, and of course the smart little pigs had made a big pot of boiling water under the under the fire. And the big bad wolf landed in a boiling water, and they had pig, uh, wolf stew for dinner that night, right? And so it's a silly story, right? It's a silly story about pigs and sticks and bricks and straw and wolves and things like that. That's all things that we know and we can understand. But when you tell a little kid that story, there's a purpose behind it, isn't it? There's a deeper meaning. And what is the deeper meaning? That if you build your life, you build your life on things that are substantial and, and strong, then when the tough times come along, they'll be able to stand. It teaches you to rely on your family, right? The little brothers had the little brother pigs had to rely on everybody. So there's all kind of little lessons inside of that story that a, that a young child wouldn't think about. But as they get older, their mind starts putting the pieces together and they get it. You see? And so what Jesus is doing is he's teaching parabolically. He's teaching using symbols and signs and, and uh, things that we have definitely be familiar with. Um, remember at this time in history, um, most of that culture was agrarian. So a lot of his parables are about crops and about things growing. And that's what actually what we're going to see today. So a parable is an earthly story. <laughs> with a heavenly meaning. Now, before we get into the text proper and read the text, I do want to remind you of the purposes of Jesus' parables. Remember how I told you that when the Holy Spirit is at work, how does He work? Through what? Through the Word. The Word is preached, the Word is proclaimed, and then the Holy Spirit works in the hearts and the lives of people. Well, one of the purposes of Jesus' parables you would think would be to help people to understand life. But one of the reasons that Jesus taught in parables, because parabolic teaching was a way that the Holy Spirit drew out His people. 
Now, what do I mean by that? Well, when Jesus would preach in parables, if the Holy Spirit was at work in the person's life when they were listening to the story, and they were hearing Jesus preach, and the Holy Spirit was actually at work in their life, then they would be interested, and they would be like, what does He mean by that? What is He doing? And they would start thinking about it and asking questions, you see? But there was a lot of people that the Holy Spirit was not convincing to salvation, but hardening. And so what would happen when those people would hear the parables? They'd be like, what is this wackadoo talking about? And, and they would walk off. They, they, they wouldn't even care, you see? And so when Jesus was preaching the parables, it was almost like jargon or a secret code language or like the language you use around your workplace that other people don't know what you're talking about, you know? And so he would speak this way and what would happen is the people that were being drawn to him would come and want to know what the parable was about and the people that weren't drawn to him would walk away thinking about what is this guy talking about? Uh, This don't make any sense. So when you think about the parabolic teachings, remember that is one of the purposes behind them that the Holy Spirit uses that in a way to either confirm or to uh, uh, or harden someone. And so let's listen to what we're going to go to Mark chapter 4. Um, and Jesus is going to tell us that this parable, this parable that we're going to read today, is the uh, a parable that, that's basically a key to all of the parables. And if you can understand this parable, then you can get all of the other parables. Um, we're going to read Mark chapter 4. Verses 1 through 25 today. Um, but if you do want to go back and read other accounts of the same parable, um, there's also examples of this parable. It's called the parable of the four soils. And it, you can find that parable in Matthew chapter 13 and also in Luke chapter 8. Remember, we're doing a harmony of the Gospels. So in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus teaches this parable of the four soils. And today what we're going to do is we're simply going to use the the example in the book of Mark. So turn with me to Mark chapter uh, 4 and verse 1, and we'll read that together. It says this, Jesus began to teach again by the sea, and such a very large crowd gathered to him that he got into a boat in the sea and sat down, and the whole crowd was by the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And was saying to them in his teaching, Listen to this. Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he was sowing, some of the seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came up and ate it up. Some seeds fell on the rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. And after the sun had risen, it was scorched, and because it had no roots... It withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. Other seeds fell into the good soil, and as they grew up and increased, they yielded a crop and produced thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. And he was saying, He who has ears, let him hear. As soon as he was alone, his followers, along with the twelve, began asking him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God, 
but to those who are outside, they get everything in parables, so that while seeing, they may see and not perceive, and while hearing, they may hear and not understand, otherwise they might return and be forgiven. Alright, so let's go back through that part of it. We're gonna, we'll go to the explanation after we break this down. The first thing he said was Jesus was by the sea. He was teaching. One of the ways that Jesus would teach a lot of times is when he would actually get into a boat and get off of the shore a little bit and preach to the people on the land. And the reason for that was because they were constantly crowding him and he wanted to get where everybody could hear him. Kind of like a podium or a... Yeah, kind of like a podium. But um, also, he's on the water and the water, your, his voice would echo off the water some. And not only that, but oh, that sure. the, um, the Sea of Galilee is surrounded by mountains. So may, I'm just guessing maybe it kind of produced like an amphitheater kind of thing, you know, like a, where his voice would carry good. But he was out there teaching. He gathered the people around and he was teaching in parables. So look at verse 3. This is one of the first things that we want to see today. Look what Jesus says. He says, listen to this. Behold, listen to this. Behold, the sower went out to sow. So watch what he said. Listen and behold. Does anybody know what it means to behold? No? Behold. To keep? Nope. It means to see. To behold it. To recognize it. To grasp it. Alright? So watch what he said. Listen and behold. So, what is the method of understanding? So it's kind of like listen and understand. Listen and understand. Listen and grab this. What well, you see, remember. Yeah. And, and so, remember that seeing comes by hearing. That's very important. Seeing comes by hearing. It's not... Uh, a lot of people would say, well, if you will show me, I will believe you. Right? Show me and I'll believe you. Well, a lot of times that's how we learn is to be able right. to see and do ourselves. Even but the way that the Holy Spirit works is listen, hear, receive, and believe, and I'll show you. So the world teaches you that seeing is believe. believing. But the Holy Spirit doesn't work like the world. The Holy Spirit says believe and you will see. You see? It works exactly the opposite. We want somebody to give us proof, and the proof is in the hearing. Just like, just like you can't see the spirit, you can't see the spirit, but you can hear the spirit. Good. All right. So he's saying, "Look and behold." And so, what is he doing? He's telling a story, and he's going to be using a story, and it's going to have a lot of imagery in it to help us to understand it. Now, what did he say? He said there was a sower who went out sowing. Now, what is a sower? That's not someone that hems up your pants, right? It's a planter, right? All of us heard the story of Johnny Appleseed when we was kids. He walked across America with a bag of apple seeds and planted apple trees everywhere, right? Well, a sower is all someone who... All up in the north. All up in the north, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he left all the apple seeds up there and sent all the Yankees down here, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, so a sower would have a bag, a pouch, and then he would reach into that pouch and grab seeds, and he would throw the seeds out as he went along. Alright, so whatever kind of seeds he's casting, that's what's going to be planted. So the sower is going along and he's casting the seeds. And it says, the sower went out to sow and as he was sowing, the seeds fell. Alright, so what we see is one type of seed, but we're going to recognize Jesus is going to bring up four types of soil. What is soil? Dirt. Alright, so he's saying as he throws the seeds out, they're going to land in four different types of soil. That makes sense. 
If I were to walk outside this door right now and start casting seeds out, some would land on this pavement, some would land in the flower bed, some would land in the grass, right? Some would land on the sidewalk. So, you understand what he's doing. Now watch what he says. He says, some of the seeds fell beside the road. And the birds came and ate them up. So what happened to the to, to the the seeds that landed on the road? Birds bird love seed, don't they? Right? I would imagine that there was probably some squirrels out there eating it too, because I know the squirrels steal all my seed. Hmm? The seeds fed the animals. Yeah, it did feed the animals, but uh, you know, he threw it out for what? For it to be planted for and to grow. And, and and so the birds come down and they take it and they fly off. Now it's the next seeds, it says, landed on the rocky ground. And they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, because but because of the depth of the soil, uh, they had no roots. All right, so what happens? They land in rocky soil, and and it said the seeds landed in the rocky soil, and they immediately sprung up. They came up really fast, but they had no depth of soil, and so when the sun rose, it scorched the plant because it had no roots and it withered. So, what are root, roots used for in a plant? Stability. Good. They keep it stable. What else? Yeah, they bring the nutrients and the water to it. Just like me and you go to McDonald's and get a straw for our soda, right? That's what roots are in a, in a plant. It's like straws that suck the water and the nutrients out of the soil for the plant. And so what he said was it landed in the rocky soil, and the plant grew up really fast, but the roots couldn't grow down really fast, could they? Why? Because the soil was rocky. They couldn't get into the soil good. And so what happened, the sun came down and beat on the plant. Now, is sun good for a plant? Yes. Yes. Yeah, they need it for photosynthesis to make food, right? We all learned that in our biology classes. And so uh, sun is good, but if you have sun with no water, then you drop and die. And so what happened to the plant? They grew up really fast, but then they died really fast because the sun beat down on them and killed them. So that's the second type of soil. It said the other seeds fell, some of the other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns came and choked it, and it yielded no crop. So these plants were planted basically in the sticker bushes, and when they started growing up, the sticker bushes wrapped around the, the plant and choked it, and it died. Right? Yeah, and I can tell you this just from I, I hate doing yard work, and I can tell you for some reason vines and sticker bushes grow way better than any plant that you want to grow, right? Hey, right? It's a lot harder to get something you want to grow to grow than it is to get weeds and vines growing. And so they landed in the soil, they grew up, but the problem was is that the thorn bushes choked them out. Now it says, um, now remember with the thorn bushes too, um, there's an echo of Eden and that in there in paradise. Do you remember what the curse was on Adam? From now on, you'd have to work the ground. You're going to have to work the ground, and what is it going to produce? Thorns and thistles. Remember. So instead of it growing up like it's supposed to, now you're going to have to deal with sticker bushes, right? And and think about this. What did Jesus? What did Jesus? What did Jesus wear on his head? Lori, what did Jesus wear on his head when he went to the cross? Thorn. Thorn. And it represented it, right. It represented the curse of Adam, right? The curse. And so the, these bushes grew up in the thorns, and they were choked out. Now it says other seeds fell on the good soil, and they grew up and increased. They yielded a crop and produced some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. So 
four types of soil, one type of seed, and one type of ground that was preferable. What was that soil called? Fertile soil, right? And when it landed in the fertile soil, it said it produced some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. What does that mean? All right? Well, all of us in this room, I'm hoping, like corn. I love popcorn. That is one of my favorite types of corn, corn right? Corn on the cob. Corn on the cob. Yeah. Well, what do you call one grain of corn? Kernel. A kernel. And what is a kernel? A seed. a seed. That's exactly right. And if you plant that seed in the ground, what will grow up? Corn. A stalk. Oh. Right? <laughs> well, it's corn. You're, you're right, Lauren. You're 100% right. So a corn stalk grows up, and what comes out on the stalk? Ears of corn, ears right? Of corn. And then if you peel one of those ears of corn back and open it up, what's inside of there? Seed. Like 200 kernels, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. So what happened? One seed produces some 30, some 60, some 100 times as much. You see how that works? So when he casts these seeds out, they land in fertile soil, and what happens? They multiply, and they grow, and they are reproductive, and they produce, and they're fertile, and they provide more. You see? Okay. That is us teaching the other folks about the gospel. It could be. It could be. So, as soon as he was alone... Oh, verse 9 is very important. And this is going to amplify what we said at the beginning of the text. Look what verse 9 says. Jesus was saying to them, He who has ears, let him hear. Now, when I look around the room, I look around this room and everybody I see here has ears. Everybody has ears. you got ears, and one of yours is bent down because your, your, your mask is pulling it down. Right? Yeah? That's right. That's right. So we all have ears. I do know, I, I know one lady, I don't remember her name now, but she doesn't have an ear on her right side. She, the lobe, the, you know, the whole, this piece, the fleshy piece. Now, she still has a hole in her head, and I, I think she can hear out of it, but she don't have the ear part. But what does Jesus mean when he says, if you have ears, let him hear? Well, we know everybody has ears. But not everybody can hear. Good. Not everybody can hear. Some people are deaf, aren't they? Right? If you hang around with me very long, you will find out I am deaf. I drove a truck for 21 years, a semi-truck, a diesel truck, and just the whining in that engine has made me deaf. <clears throat> that and my, uh, well, a lot of my friends just tell me I just don't want to hear, right? I just don't listen. <laughs> and all you ladies in the room would agree that a man, when he's watching television, he don't hear you either, does well, he? Right? My husband has selected hearing. Yeah, there, there you go. All right, so that's exactly right. And that's what Jesus is saying. If you can hear this, listen. There's an important message here, and you need to hear it. Now, who heard his voice? Look back at the beginning. He was at the, a very large crowd gathered. So who heard his voice? A very large crowd. All right, But that's not the type of hearing that he's talking about, is he? He's talking about those that behold and what? See. Remember? Behold and so see. The whole crowd. Was, all of them heard him, but some of them heard him and understood Some him. of them did not have ears to hear. All right? Now watch. He's going to show us right here. The people that had the ears to hear, look what it says about them. Look in verse 10. As soon as he was alone... His followers, along with the twelve, begin asking him about the parable. How do we know that they heard the parable? Because they're asking about it. Huh? Yeah, they're 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 concerned. They want to know what what was you talking about? What did this mean? 
Right? They, they know that there's something deeper to it than just seeds and souls. You see? They know that. And so what do they They come to the right place, don't they? They come to Jesus. And so look what it says. He said to them, you, To you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those outside, they get everything in parables. Now, in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, when you come across the word mystery, it's not talking about some kind of secret that you've got to call Scooby-Doo in the club to come solve. A mystery in the New Testament is something that has been revealed. It was something that in the past was not known. You see? And so what he's saying is, to you has been given the mystery of the kingdom. Right? The kingdom, the king's domain. And so what Jesus is saying is, you have been given a gift. And what is the gift that you have been given? Not only do you have ears to hear, but you have eyes to see, and you have a heart and a mind to receive the kingdom of God. And so what did he say about the other people? They are on the outside. They don't understand the mystery. It stays mysterious to them. Does that make sense? Okay. So these people are following him. And he said, watch, in in verse 12, he tells us the reason why he teaches in parables. So while seeing, they may see and not perceive. And while hearing, they may hear and not understand. Otherwise, they might return and be forgiven. If they really heard it and they really believed it, what would they do? They would turn away from their sin and they would turn back to God. But because they're deaf and because they don't hear it and because it don't make sense to them, what do they do? They turn around and they walk away. You see how that works? So it's very important for us to remember the reason that Jesus teaches in parables is because the parable is an instrument or a tool that the Holy Spirit uses to, to, to help separate the sheep from the goats, if you will. Or to separate uh, the the tares from the wheat. The believers from the non-believers. And so he used these parables in this way. So I hope that everyone in the room today is uh, now has questions about what was Jesus teaching when he was talking about these seeds and soil and sowers. That don't make a lot of sense, but I really would like to know what he meant, right? I hope that everybody here feels that way. Why? Because that's the, that's the purpose of a parable. It's to stir you up and get you to thinking about the deeper things, the things that are eternal and the things that mean something. That makes sense? Alright, so I've got about five, six, seven, I got about eight minutes left to explain to you uh, Lori's making us quit early today, guys. So I want that on record. Oh my <laughs> I want that on record. So um, let's look. I'll, and, I'll and, put it in the Bible state book. All right. So look in verse um, 13, the explanation. Jesus said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all of the parables? So what is the question he's saying? What is he saying? He's saying that the way that you understand these parables is by having ears to hear. So, in order to have ears to hear, what has to happen? What has to happen for me? Good. God, we have to listen, but God has to give us the ability to hear. We hear, y'all all all hear me right now, right? You all hear me right now. I have an audible voice that you can hear. 
But what Jesus is saying is... Yeah, but that don't mean we listen. That, that's exactly right. And so Maybe. he's saying he's saying that um, how will you understand all of the parables? Well, the way that you understand the parables is understand to have the, the mystery of the kingdom revealed to you for the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to these truths. Okay? He says, the sower sows the word. All right? So there's the... There's the key to our parable. The sower sows the word. All right, so what did we say that a sower is doing? Sowing seeds, right? And what is this sower? What does it say? The sower (laughs) sows the word. So what am I doing here as I stand before you today? I'm sowing the word. I'm reading God's word to you. And so what's happening? Seeds are going out all over this room. Every one of you in here are hearing it a certain way. And those seeds are being cast out. All right. Now, the ones beside the road where the word is sown, and when they hear immediately, Satan comes and takes away the word which was sown in them. So, before we finish off the explanation, it's very simple once you get it. But remember, the seeds are the word of God, and the soils. Has anybody figured out what the soils are? Yeah, that's exactly right. It's four different types of hearts. There may be those four types of hearts in this room right now. I do not know. All right. What would the first heart be? The hard heart. The second type of heart would be the rocky heart. The third type of heart would be a thorny heart. And the fourth type of heart would be a what? Fertile. Fertile heart. All right. So we all want to pray that our hearts are fertile. That when the seeds land, they do something, you see? All right. So... It's the sower sows the word, and these are the ones that are beside the road where the word is sown. And when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. So what happened? The seed is cast out. It lands on a hard heart. And what does that person do? They don't hear it. They don't pay attention to it. And so it just stays on the surface. And what happens? Very quickly, the devil comes in and just snatches away those seeds, and they're gone. They're gone. Right, So that person has a hard heart. There's no place there for the, the roots to take root. And the birds come along and eat it and fly away with it. And the birds would be the devil. And the heart would be a hard heart would be a hard-hearted person. And what happens? Nothing. All right, now, <clears throat> I do want you to be very careful about how we look at other people. Because sometimes people that you might think have super hard hearts actually have fertile hearts and when those seeds land there they don't do anything they don't react at all and it may be 10 or 12 years later before those seeds actually start doing what they're going to do you see and it's and and so i never want to get into because it, it, it could be very easy to get judgmental on people as you go around and share god's love with them the way they react to you, it would be very simple for me to say, oh, that person, the devil's got that person. Hey, they won't ever believe. You see, it would be very simple for me to do that. Or to say, oh, that, that uh, you know, I, I've heard people say this before. Well, that guy's just too old. He's never going to change his ways. You see, and, and there's a problem with that attitude. What is the problem with that attitude? The problem is is that the person saying that is thinking that they have the power to convince people to believe. And because that guy is not in the right category or range, God don't care about him anymore. He's not going to have an effect on that. It's just going to be a waste of my time for me to go do that. And that's not the sower's job, is it? The sower's job is not to go around and check the soil. 
The sower's job is to sow the seeds. Let God take care of the soil. He's the one that created the earth. We'll let Him take care of the soil. You see how that works? So be careful about being judgmental over other people and how they react to you. And how they react to you sharing the gospel with them. Because it's not always going to be that way. So, it says, the sower, uh, it says, the, this one is beside the road. The word is sown. When they hear immediately, Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. In a similar way, these are the ones on whom the seeds were sown in the rocky places. And when they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy. And they have no firm roots in themselves, but they are only temporary. Then, when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. So what happens to this type of person? They hear the promises of God and they get like really excited. Woo, man, that sounds really good. Like I get to go to heaven and God loves me. Woo, I, I really like that. Right? And for a couple of weeks they like super duper excited and they buy a brand new Bible and you know they're at the church when the doors open and then about three weeks later you don't ever see or hear from them again. Well, well I, I think it's real important to point out too that when conflict comes, I mean, there's a lot of things that Satan puts in front of us that we either become disappointed or we're not trusting God. And so when we first start believing, there are some trials that we gotta, yep. we have to decide. Are we going to go this road or are we going to go that road? Right. And the persecution, so the persecutions and uh, what was the other word that he used there? The persecutions and the difficulties, right? Afflictions or persecutions, right? So, the affliction and persecutions that we go through in our lives may be God's way of testing our faith, whether it's true or not, right? It may be a sifting process to show whether you really are His or not. Because if you really are His and the seeds have taken root, what are you going to do? You're going to grow and you're going to be fertile, you see? And so, and, and think about that. When it comes to trees, um, wind is actually a good thing for a tree, isn't it? Because what does it do? It strengthens it strengthens the branches. And it helps clean out the old. Clean out the old. That's exactly right. And spread the seeds. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, uh, periods of drought, periods of uh, extreme flooding, like all of those kind of things are, are things that would persecute a, a plant, if you will. And in the long run, it makes the plant stronger if it if it doesn't kill them. <laughs> right. So, right. So we need to understand that a lot of times the persecution and the thing we go through in our lives are things that that God has put there to test our faith to, to see who we really are alright so we got to roll on down here so the second one was uh, rocky soil and it says uh, the other ones are the ones that were sown among the thorns these are the ones who hear the word but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful how many times have you had a friend that had been going to church with you or something and then they got something they had to do on Sunday and they're like, nah, I'm going to the beach this weekend with my friend, right? Mm-hmm. The cares of this world. How many people spend their Sundays working, right? Now, some of us, you can't help it. Some of them, your, your employers make you go to work. But there's a lot of people that are freelance and they could, they could actually they could cut their hours if they wanted to and, and go to church on Sundays, but they don't. And so the cares of this world, well... Uh, this is the only day off that my boyfriend's got, and if I don't, I'll have to get to spend some time with him sometime, so it's gonna have to be today. Or, you know, well, my girlfriend's, uh, the only day that she's got from, off from her job is, is Sunday, and, 
and she don't like going to church, so I, I, I'm going to have to spend it with her. You see what happens? Or, you know, Super Bowl Sunday. I can't go, I can't go to Sunday night church because the Super Bowl's coming on at seven. What happened? You had a lot of that. Well, <laughs> yeah, the cares of this world choke out the word. So you can either have the promises of, of God or the riches of this world. Alright, now the last one it says, these are the ones on the seed was, sold, uh, was sown on the good soil, and when they heard the word and accepted it and bear fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. So what happens to that word? It lands on a fertile heart, and then not only does it grow, but it produces fruit, right? And what did Jesus teach us in Matthew 6 back during the Sermon on the Mount? You will know them by their what? Fruit. fruit. Can a good tree produce bad fruit or can a bad tree produce good fruit? No. 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 So you will know them by their fruit. So how do you know if you have a fertile heart? When the Word of God takes root, it will become fertile. Um, I'll close with this because we, we're about to have to get done. Um, I, I always use the example of uh, when I was a kid, I was as a teenager, a young teenager, like 12 to 16 in that range. We had an old man in our neighborhood. I don't want to call him an old man. He's old now, but back then he was my age, so he couldn't have been too old, right? (laughs) But uh, his name is Mr. Jordan. He's a dear friend of mine. His son is uh, one of my lifelong best friends. He used to be the youth pastor here at at this church. And uh, Mr. Jordan used to come around, and uh, I guess I want to say it was probably about a uh, 1689 or 70 sidestep side Chevrolet pickup truck. And he'd come around our neighborhood every Wednesday evening and pick up all the boys in our neighborhoods and carry all of us over to the church and cook us hot dogs. We'd play basketball and then he would oh, take cool. us inside and, and we, we went through a group called RAs back then. It was the Royal Ambassadors. Uh, and so each week, Mr. Uh, Jordan would come by and pick all the kids up and bring us all over there. Um, about a couple times a year, he would take us camping. Um, we would do all kind of activities together. But every Wednesday, he would teach us the Word of God. He would take us in and teach us the Bible, you see? And what's so neat about that is that there was probably about 15 of us in the back of that pickup truck. Like, he literally would ride all over Port Wentworth and pick up all the boys, and we'd all go over there. But you know that there's five of those boys in, from that group that are all now preachers. Like, they've, they've all given their life to Christ and, and become preachers. And so, what does that say? Well, I can tell you this from personal experience. Um, I got I went to work this morning at, at 5. I had to clock in at 5, and I'm working until 4, and then I got to go straight. I got a 4 o'clock class, a 5 o'clock, a 6 o'clock, and a 7 o'clock class to teach after I get off of my other job. And I can tell you that when I get there, I'm going to be tired. I, I'm going to be tired, and there's going to be a part of me that gets frustrated because not enough people come to the class, and like I don't feel like things are going right. But the reality is this. None of that is up to me. What I'm supposed to do is sow the Word of God and let God take care of what kind of heart it lands on. But that man is an example of someone who sowed the Word. And so what happens? One day, when we all get to heaven, right, he gets credit for all of the people that we've sown seeds to. You see? like So his one seed produced five preachers and those five producers... Preachers produce seeds, and they all over the world now. And think about somebody like a Billy Graham or somebody like that. You, wow. you see? And now, what, think about right? Paul. Yeah, think about Paul or the apostles. So think about Billy Graham. Billy Graham had a Sunday school teacher, a little old lady that taught him to love the Bible when he was just a kid. 
And how many people were saved under Billy Graham's ministry? Wow. Think about that. And that Sunday school teacher was a part of being responsible for that. So y'all understand what that means. And we'll go ahead and close because Lori's panicking over here and they got it. Y'all got to get going. So let's close with a word <laughs> of prayer and think about that that parable today. Think about um, your heart and ask God to make your heart fertile and pray and ask God to give you opportunities to share His word with others. Okay. So God bless y'all. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for the folks here. And thank you for this lesson in parables. And I just pray that you will give us all fertile hearts. And I pray that you will give us the words, uh, your word, to sow in a world that so desperately needs your love and your truth. So thank you again for this time together. And uh, <clears throat> thank you for giving us a week we can celebrate and be thankful. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right.